Welcome to The Kitchen Physician. I'm your host, Dr. David Sarek, and I appreciate you joining me today. As always, my goal is to help you and your family cook delicious and satisfying meals designed for longevity and health. You can consider this show a combination of anti-aging and your kitchen. Now, the recipes for this episode I actually created last year. I was out in my garden actually picking cherry tomatoes but I happened to look down and find a rogue, gorgeous basil plant. That basil plant was begging me to pick it, so I picked it up, harvested it, brought it into the kitchen, and picked up the phone, called a couple of friends over for dinner the next evening. And the menu that I prepared for them last fall is what I'm preparing for you today. It's fantastic and consists of a super healthy and delicious kale salad with roasted balsamic beets and toasted walnuts. Those are dressed with a nice, light oregano, lemon vinaigrette, and each serving is topped with feta cheese. The second dish is just as fantastic and is composed of a basil pesto topped with artichoke hearts, mushrooms, and pecorino romano cheese. It's fantastic, and that's why the basil is gonna be the star of our pizza. But first, what I wanna do is I wanna get started on our kale salad, okay? As you can see here, I have about one cup of toasted walnuts, very easy to do. Place about a cup of walnuts in a pan over medium heat. Keep them going, keep them moving. Now don't go, don't watch soap operas, don't check your email uh, because they will burn. And the reason why you want to toast your walnuts is it really brings out the essential oils in the walnuts and actually really helps the flavor of the walnuts, particularly if they've been sitting in your cabinet for a while. Now our beets have been prepped already. They're prepped into about a quarter to one half inch dice. Okay, we're going to place them in an oven-safe dish. Add maybe a tablespoon of olive oil. Got my salt. A little black pepper. A little bit of dried thyme. And beets and thyme are a perfect combination. Okay, we're just going to give that a little stir. And Thyme and beets go very well together. Now, what I'm not, what I'm going to do is I'm going to roast these in an oven for 400 degrees. Okay, this is balsamic vinegar. Halfway through, I'm going to add the balsamic vinegar. If I add the balsamic vinegar now, it can burn. So it's important to add it halfway through the roasting process. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to prepare our lemon oregano vinaigrette. It's very simple. It really adds a nice freshness to the kale salad. Okay, so what we have is our bowl for mixing. I'm going to take the juice of one lemon and just squeeze it in. Squeeze it through your fingers so you do not get seeds. It should be about one to two tablespoons total. There you go. No seeds. 
the side. Actually, one little escapee there. No, not for you. Okay. And then we're also going to add about a teaspoon or two teaspoons of red wine vinegar. And now we're going to add some lemon zest. Okay, perfect. Okay. So now to that, what we want to do is we want to add about a teaspoon of garlic powder. About uh, maybe a half a teaspoon of Dijon mustard. Dijon mustard and vinaigrettes adds, acts as a nice emulsifier. Really helps keep the oil and vinegar as one. A little pepper. A little salt. And of course, what would a vinaigrette be without the olive oil? So we're going to just drizzle in about maybe four tablespoons of olive oil. Okay, and we'll give that a whisk. Just make sure it all comes together. Now, a lot of you might be thinking at home that, well, that's a lot of olive oil. But olive oil is considered a good fat. Okay? Unlike saturated fats, you would get through meat products or cheese or lard. Olive oil is considered a monounsaturated fatty acid, okay? which implies that it's liquid at room temperature. And monounsaturated fatty acids have been shown in numerous clinical studies to offer huge cardiac or heart benefits in addition to help preventing type 2 diabetes, some type of cancers, and even Alzheimer's disease. And now that I'm thinking about it, walnuts are also a very healthy oil. Like olive oil, which is composed of monounsaturated fatty acids, walnuts are composed of polyunsaturated fatty acids. One particular is known as alpha-linoleic acid. ALA it's known as. And ALA is actually, when it's taken into the human body, is converted into healthy omega-3 fatty acids. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the omega-3 fatty acids. They offer a huge cardiovascular and heart protective mechanism. In addition, they're anti-inflammatory and can help with systemic disorders and inflammatory disorders such as arthritis, Alzheimer's, dementia, and even cancer. Okay, we'll just put our vinaigrette off to the side. Now what I'm going to uh, begin doing is actually making our kale salad, composing it. Okay, what we have here is, as you can see, kale. Now kale is a very healthy green vegetable, leafy green vegetable. It's a member of the brassica family, okay, which implies broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, okay, all derived actually from the Asian cabbage. So what I'm going to do is take a bunch of pieces of kale, I'll make a mess here, and what you want to do is you want to combine the kale together and roll it almost like a cigar. And then we're going to take our knife and chiffonade, make little strips along the length. See here, I already prepared some from before. We're just going to pop that in. Now, it's important when you buy kale that you try to get it organic um, because kale is one of those leafy vegetables that actually can absorb a lot of pesticides in the soil that it's grown in. So, if you don't buy it organic, there's a risk you're taking a lot of unhealthy pesticides into your body. Now, pesticides wreak havoc on the human body. 
They can cause cancers in adults and developmental neurologic delays in children. And you know, you might be saying, oh come on, organic food again, everyone preaches organic food. It's expensive, but really, look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, how much is my health worth? I mean, I, I know people, a lot of friends that spend two, three hundred dollars on a Red Sox ticket, but then won't spend the extra two dollars on some organic kale. That's actually beneficial to them. I mean, we all have our priorities, okay? But yours should be your health, which is number one. Okay, so we have our kale there. Now, it's important to dress the kale now. So we're going to take our vinaigrette, and we're going to pour that right over the kale. Probably don't need the whole thing, because you don't want your, in general, salads shouldn't be swimming in dressing. Okay, you just want to coat it. We'll see how that goes. And this will actually help break the kale down. Now, because kale is kind of tough and fibrous, so it's important that you actually add this dressing at least, I think we'll add a little bit more, at least an hour before serving. Okay, so it really is the type of thing you can do ahead of time. If you have guests coming, it can really be an added benefit to get it out of the way, get it done, so you can relax when your guests arrive. Okay? So the kale is dressed. Now what I want to do, and this kind of makes it a little bit easier too, is for later, I want to add my walnuts on top of the kale. This makes it easy. It's ready to go. And when my beets are ready, I'll take them out, let them cool. You don't want to put hot beets on a salad. It'll wilt, it'll wilt the greens and change the consistency, which is what you do not want. You want the crunch of the kale. So when the beets are done, they'll go on top as well. Very simple. You just cover that, pop it in the fridge. When you're ready to serve, you take your salad out, give it a mix up, plate it, and then put your feta cheese on top. I mean, you could add your feta cheese on top, but when you add the beets and you mix the feta cheese in with the beets, it can stain your cheese. I mean, that might be kind of neat around Valentine's Day, but you really want the white feta cheese to show the contrast of the beets. It really adds a nice pop and is actually very appealing to the eye, which, of course, you eat with your eyes first. Now, it's important that you know, I mean, kale is probably one of the healthiest green vegetables on the planet, okay? It's high in fiber, high in antioxidants, high in vitamin C, and it also contains certain compounds known as ITCs, isothiocyanates. Say that three times real fast. Isothiocyanates have been shown to help reduce certain cancers, particularly cancers of the bladder, breast, prostate, colon, lung, and even ovarian cancer. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the beets out of the oven, give them a little toss. It's halfway through the cooking time. Toss in the balsamic vinegar, give it a stir, pop it back in, I'm going to clean up a little bit here, and when we get back, we're going to start the pizza. Welcome back. So we've already cleaned up, and now it's time to make our pesto pizza. Yes. Okay, so what we're going to need to make our crust is some whole wheat bread flour, some white bread flour, a little bit of granulated sugar, some pizza crust yeast, some salt, and some olive oil. Now, I like using pizza crust yeast because it doesn't require the proofing that normal yeast does. Proofing implies you put the yeast into water, add some sugar, and then wait for it to sort of foam and become active. Pizza crust yeast, you don't need to do that. You can add it with the dry ingredients initially. In addition, pizza crust yeast doesn't require a rising time, so it's perfect. You can make your pizza crust, put your ingredients on, pop in the oven, ready to go. By the way, we're preheating our oven to 475 degrees. 
The pizza's gonna go in there for about 20 to 25 minutes. You gotta check it halfway through because you know your oven better than I do. Okay, so let's get started on the pizza crust. What we're gonna do is we're gonna add about two cups of flour to our food processor. Now, if you don't have a food processor at home, I really suggest you get one. Just makes your life a lot easier in the kitchen. I'll explain later how we already made our basil pesto using the food processor. It's so simple. Otherwise, you'd be doing everything by hand and you know, you don't want to add stress in the kitchen if you don't want to add stress in the kitchen. Okay, life is stressful enough. Your kitchen should be your zone when you can relax, have a glass of wine, put on some good music, and have fun. Okay, now, you know, we're not working for NASA, men in the space station here. You want to relax in the kitchen. So when you can take some help, please do. Okay, we're going to add, well, that was two cups of bread flour. We're going to add eh, about maybe a half a quarter to a half a cup of whole wheat flour. Okay, whole wheat flour adds some of the whole grains in there, makes it a little healthier. Um, also adds a nice nutty taste to the crust when it's done. Okay, now what you need is a little bit of sugar, maybe about a tablespoon. And sugar will actually help the yeast do its thing, help it ferment, produce CO2, and that's what causes the crust to rise. In addition, sugar helps browning the crust, okay? So about a tablespoon, okay? Don't forget our pizza crust yeast, once again, you don't need to proof it, it goes right into the dry ingredients. It's a packet, and the packet states um, that you should also add hot water to about 120 to 130 degrees. So what I do is I just, hot water, if it's a little uncomfortable, it's right. You don't want boiling water because it can kill the yeast. Okay, then we add a little salt, and then our wonderful healthy olive oil that we talked about with the monounsaturated fats before. Add that probably about two tablespoons or so. And what the olive oil does too, we mentioned before that the sugar actually helps keep a nice crisp crust. Well, olive oil in a pizza crust adds sort of that chewy consistency when it's combined with the rest of the ingredients. So it's really a vital component to a nice crisp crust, chewy crust as well. Okay, from here what we want to do is we want to add some hot water to those ingredients that will activate the yeast. So, when the water starts to become a little uncomfortable like right about now it's a little ouch but it's not boiling obviously you just fill your cup see it's steaming lightly but it's not boiling and then what you want to do is you want to add just a little bit of water to get things going and then what you want to do is begin begin pulsing your pizza dough just to incorporate now with it going, you want to keep adding the water until it starts to form a ball. You'll know it's ready when it starts to form a ball and actually um, kind of go around the periphery of the food processor. And you'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean when it happens. Perfect. Perfect. That's what you want. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just put some flour on this cutting board here. Okay, maybe a little bit more. Okay, also some flowers on my hand. Flour on my hand. Don't want sticking. Okay, I'm going to actually take the dough out of the food processor and onto the floured surface. Okay, and what we're going to do is just begin by kneading the dough. 
Now the packet for pizza crust yeast says about four minutes. You know, I've done it in two minutes, three minutes. You don't have to go the full four minutes. But you do want to build some of the gluten in the flour. So what I do when I need dough is I flip and push with the heel of my hand. Flip, push with the heel of my hand. And keep adding a little bit of flour on the bottom as you need it. You can see it's coming together. It's getting a little elastic. Now you can see what I've done is I've oiled a baking sheet with olive oil. And actually I like when I freeform a pizza. Okay, and that's what we're going to do today. So just maybe a little bit more kneading. And you don't really want too, too much flour, so I'm going to move that off to the side. And what I'm going to do is push that off to the side, give myself a little more room. And we're just going to begin by pressing it out. Very simple. Just pressing it out and stretching it. Once again, have fun in the kitchen. This isn't rocket science. You want to have fun. Okay, so we're almost getting there. You can see it's coming out into somewhat of a rectangle. Okay, once again, if it's not a perfect rectangle or if you're making a circular pizza, it's not a perfect circle, don't lose sleep over it. You're in the kitchen to have fun, okay? Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put, move this to our oiled baking sheet. Spread that out a little bit more. It's actually fun, I love, this is one time you get to play with your food, it's actually really fun. Okay, so we'll just stretch it out a little bit more, patch up any little defects, and like I said, no one will know the difference. Okay, so we're done with our pizza crust there. It's ready to go, ready to be topped. I'm going to clean up. When you get back, we're having a pizza party. Don't miss it. Welcome back. Now that our pizza crust is made, we can begin by starting with our pesto. Okay, now pesto is that classic sauce from northern Italy. Okay, it's traditionally made with, of course, the star of our show, basil from the garden, Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese, also from Italy, garlic, gotta have garlic, walnuts, and olive oil. Of course, a little salt and pepper as well. Now, you might be asking, why is he making pesto with walnuts? I mean, traditionally, it's made with pine nuts or pignolis. That you'd be right. Now, the reason why I use walnuts in my pesto is for a couple reasons. First of all, they're a lot less expensive than pine nuts. And for people on a budget, that's huge, okay? They're a lot easier to find. And walnuts, as we discussed before, are loaded with your polyunsaturated fatty acids, okay, that are converted into omega-3s, which offer huge heart health. So it's a really healthy nut to add to your pesto versus pignoli nuts. Pignoli nuts are delicious, but walnuts are just as good. Okay, so what we're gonna do is begin by adding our garlic to the food processor. Once again, our handy food processor is gonna save a lot of time in making this pesto. So just move that forward a little bit, okay? And this is a clove of garlic, which I'm gonna just, well, how I open a clove of garlic is simple. Some people smash it, but sometimes the garlic goes everywhere. So what I often do is just apply a little pressure, just like that, and then from one end, peel the skin right off. Very simple. Okay, put that over there. That goes in our food processor as well as the other clove of garlic. Now usually I use two to three cloves of garlic per batch of pesto. Okay, so then we're going to add our Parmigiano Reggiano. Now Parmigiano Reggiano is an expensive cheese but you don't need a lot because it's so flavorful. Okay. Next we're going to add our walnuts probably about 
quarter of a cup. You don't need a lot. Now we add a little salt, a little pepper. Okay. And what you need to do now, okay, so what we're going to do is just pulse this so it almost creates a little bit of a paste. There we go. See how it's starting to combine everything and create a little bit of a paste, coarse paste? Then what I do is I add our basil. Now you would want to use more basil than this. This is just an example because we've already prepared some basil. So this is just to show you how to do it at home. Okay, so basil goes in. Maybe just a little more pep. Okay. Now what I do is our heart healthy olive oil is going in maybe about uh, two tablespoons now. I'm going to add more through the feeding tube as I get going. And this will puree it into a nice paste. And then I'm going to drizzle in some olive oil as it's processing. Probably another two to, two to three tablespoons. There we go. That's the sound you want. Fantastic. Okay. Now the best part is let's give this a taste. Best part about cooking, right? Give things a taste. Oh, that is delicious. Can't wait for that on that pizza. Okay, so what we're going to do is add our pesto to our previously made pesto. And this might even be more than enough for this pizza. So pop in the fridge, cover it with a little olive oil so it doesn't brown. Okay, and then have it tomorrow night with pasta. And people think, wow, you know, pesto has a lot of olive oil, so it must be unhealthy. But once again, you're using good quality olive oil. Olive oil is a heart healthy oil. So mushrooms are going to go on a pizza. Very easy way to chop mushrooms. You usually take this tough fiber stem out. You really don't have to, but I find it helps. Okay, this is a big mushroom, so this will be enough for the pizza. Okay, so what I just do, just do a nice chiffonade along the way. Okay, so we're just going to push this off to the side. And we're going to cut our archo cars just a little bit thinner. So now we're ready to make our pizza, the best part, right? So I'm going to move salt and pepper out of the way. And I'm going to have my trusty spatula. So I'm going to start by just one end, drizzle down the center. And then what I do is I spread out to the perimeter. And let's start with our mushrooms. Once again, where they fall is where they fall. This isn't rocket science. This isn't neurosurgery. Believe me, I couldn't have done neurosurgery. That's why I chose pathology. Now our artichoke carts go on. Mmm, very Mediterranean. And that's another thing too. I bet a lot of you have heard of the Mediterranean diet. Very healthy diet. And actually that's the diet I pretty much follow. Right? The Mediterranean people use a lot of healthy olive oil, a lot of nuts, a lot of fruits, a lot of vegetables. They're not afraid of a little cheese, not afraid of a little whole grain bread, okay? But they do limit their intake on saturated fat. And the island of Crete in Greece is a great example of how long people can live when they really eat healthy, utilizing olive oil. 
So speaking of cheese, I'm going to finish up our pizza, at least topping our pizza, with some nice feta once again. Beautiful cheese, great contrast, the white against the artichokes and the pesto. Some more Parmigiano Reggiano. How do you like that? I'm not even Italian. So we're going to place the pizza in the 475 degree oven, about 20-25 minutes. I'm going to clean up. When we come back, we're plating things up. We're going to have our pizza with our delicious kale salad. Please join us. Okay, so we have our pizza out of the oven. Now it's time to plate and time to eat. The best part, right? So what I have for our kale salad is our delicious kale that's been dressed with a lemon oregano vinaigrette. Okay, It's already been tossed and the walnuts were placed on top. What I'm going to do now is take our balsamic roasted beets. Fantastic. Nice sweetness complements the walnuts and the kale beautifully. I'm just going to sprinkle some of those on top. You don't want too much of the oil in the bottom because that might sog your kale. So just the beets themselves. Isn't that beautiful? Green, red, the walnuts. Perfect. Okay. Now what I like too to finish off the kale salad is chopped shallots. Nice light onion flavor complements the beets, the walnuts, everything beautifully. Okay, those go right on top. Now like I said, it's been dressed before. So we just have to mix everything up from the bottom. Beautiful. And that's what we're talking about. Beautiful salad, healthy. Like I said before, kale is one of the healthiest leafy green vegetables on the planet. Should mention though, that kale is also a powerhouse for vitamin K. So if you do have certain types of bleeding disorders or you're taking anticoagulants or blood thinners, you may want to check with your own physician about consuming large quantities of kale. Don't want to get in trouble there. Okay. Toss. Everything's combined. Okay, now like I said, what we're going to do is we're going to plate some of our fantastic kale salad plating our delicious salad here. Nice big helping. I cannot wait to taste this. This is fantastic salad. I mean, it's a great way to get your kids to eat beets. I mean, I know a seven-year-old who devours the salad. Great way to get your kids to eat beets and vegetables. To put them in salads, because kids tend to like salad. Okay. Now what we'll do, remember, I don't mix the feta in with the beets, it can stain the cheese. So I pop it right on top, delicious. Nice salty feta, complements the salad beautifully, the crunchiness of the nuts, the crispness of the kale, it's a fantastic salad. Oh, beautiful. And what I'll do, just maybe add just a few more beets right on top. There we go. Beautiful. Okay, so we have our fantastic kale salad and our pizza was made with basil pesto, sliced artichokes, sliced mushrooms, a little feta. What I'm actually going to do is gild the lily a little bit, just a little bit of parsley on top of the pizza. <sighs> Gorgeous. I cannot wait to try this. So I am going to taste this right now, and I can't wait. Some walnuts, a little feta, definitely some beets. 
Mm. Fantastic. The crunch of the walnuts, the light saltiness of the feta cheese in conjunction with the kale. Fantastic salad. You've got to try it. Now, i got to have my pizza. Mmm. That pesto pizza is absolutely delicious. The combination of the basil pesto with the artichokes, mushrooms, and feta cheese is unparalleled. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Kitchen Position. I had a great time. I hope you did too. And remember, you only have one life. So be well, be kind, and of course, have some fun along the way. See you on the next episode.